Hi, you're listening to Flying Sober. This is a podcast about cultivating relationships, sobriety, and stepping into self-discovery through love, understanding, and exploration. The opportunity to learn about yourself through others starts now. Hello, 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 my lovely listeners. Hi, this is Rachel. And I'm your co-host, Jonathan. So a little recap from last week. We have Dr. Harry Henshaw in the house, and he brought up the teachings of Lewis Hay, specifically from the book, You Can Heal Your Life. And we identified self-love is the key to opening up that space to connect with your higher self or your higher power, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And uh, changing your thought and beliefs about yourself is the key to connecting with the right people and ultimately the right partner in your life. But what happens when psychological traumas and unresolved issues creep into your relationships? So when he gave me that book, it transformed my thinking and I was able to actually attract the right woman. But certain things that have happened in previous relationships started triggering thought patterns of me projecting what was going on. Like... The fact that she was constantly texting on her phone, all of a sudden I'm creating this reality in my head. She's she's texting other guys. And it's because I didn't make peace with an occurrence that happened in my past where a woman actually cheated on me. From your experience and expertise, how has trauma, whether catastrophic or mild, have an effect on the behavior patterns of human beings? Well, first of all, in relationship to what you were talking about, what you were experiencing in the program, you would refer to it as a trigger. Exactly. Okay. In psychology, you refer to it as an association. They really have the same, the same deal. Um, they don't mean cause. They just mean association. Now, trauma depends on the type of trauma, but the trauma usually that affects people, I think, in the program usually starts very early. I think somewhere between the ages three and six, two and seven, somewhere in that sort of thing. And what happens is an event takes place. And people say, well, you're denying the event. No, events take place, but it's what we make it out to be. And usually we pass judgment on ourselves because at that point uh, we're fairly narcissistic. We think that everything revolves around us. So we think that, like, you know, if somebody did something to us, then it's our fault and we pass judgment on ourselves. Once the judgment takes place, once the judgment is in, that's the self-limiting belief that she talks about. That's when I'm not good enough for, for whatever reason. So that is the result of some sort. And the trauma can be mild. It can be that not even the person even meant it. And you may not even remember it later on, right? It's subconscious sometimes. But, but the, the person that you think did it to you, yeah. it, it wasn't even their intention. You know, it, it ju- it's just how we interpret things. So trauma is, is sort of in the be- eyes of the beholder. Um, you know, w- when somebody has a, a, a physical thing and they have like a physical, you know, a trauma, uh, usually they don't make it out to be about it. It's, it's a physical occurrence. They see a physician and they get, that get help. What, what we're talking about is psychological trauma is really what you're talking about. A lot of people in the program have that. And sometimes it's helping them to forgive and let go. Sometimes it's, it's allowing them or helping them to see that it really wasn't the intention of somebody else. It's just how they made it out to be. You know, so um, I've had personal experiences where people have come up to me and, you know, asked me about, you know, adoption and stuff. And, you know, they say, well, you know, 
what was wrong with me? And there's really, you know, that, that somebody goes into adoption doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them, but people sometimes put those together. And they pass, Absolutely. And how they, they pass, perceive and, it. And how they perceive it. And a lot of times when you're doing counseling, and this is where you, you know, a sponsor and a therapist are not the same. There are parts of their work that overlap. You know, it's like you're doing Venn diagrams and mathematics. But for the most part, they're different. And I think they both play a role in that person. But a therapist helps you to deal with, you know, a hardcore process, process of thinking and, and some of the content. Um, so, you know, they're, they're different. But it's letting people know that they can let go of the past, that they don't have to hold on to the judgment, and learning how to, like, then actually start to reinvent themselves. It's all about learning how to love yourself when in the past you, you didn't. And, and what kind of hold it has on them and why? Well, know? it has a huge hold on them. First yeah. of all, a lot of them don't know it's going on. Yeah. You know, they think like, they think it's really about you know, the drugs and alcohol, and it's really about you know themselves, you know, feeling inadequate. You know, it's it's about that sort of thing. Um, a lot of people in program have heard the thing about egomaniac with an inferiority complex. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's heard it. A lot of people don't mm -hmm. know where the concept of inferiority complex comes. I think I've told you. You know, it comes from a psychiatrist named Alfred Adler. And he hung out with, you know, uh, little-known people like Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, who's in the big book. And Alfred Adler, his, he coined the phrase, you know, about adequacy. His whole psychiatry was about self-esteem. Powerful stuff. Wow. So it's, it's in, the, in the fabric of, of the program. It's just not well teased out, in my opinion. I just wonder, like, how is it connected to the soul? You know, when, when do we realize that it's all in our heads and the transformation begins? You know, because a lot of times when, I, when I'm in the low, starting to, like, look into my thinking, like, what is it, what am I, what's my inner dialogue? And it really, like, instantly fixed it. But when, when do we realize that? People would come into my office, and a lot of times in the past, they'd sit and talk, and they wouldn't really wouldn't talk. They sit and kind of like, you know, play games. And I'd say, well, okay, wondering why you're here. So I brought in my co-therapist. You know what that is, right? The mirror? The mirror. The yeah. mirror. <laughs> so so I, I have this big mirror that when you come in and you sit on the middle part of the couch, you get your direct image. And, yeah, like, right, you know. Scary. I no, know. No. But what yeah. people do is assessment and treatment start instantaneously. People tend to try to move away from it if they sit on one side of the couch or the other. I've actually seen it. Yeah. I've seen it for myself. Yeah. I, I would just run out the door. Yeah. <laughs> well, people, have asked, people have asked me to move the mirror and, and make it go toward the, the wall or just move it out of the way. And I said, no, can't do that. So what a lot of people, but that gets right to the issue, how they feel about themselves. It's just like, we're not wasting any time here. We go right for that. And... It creates a great conversation. But I'm, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. Where is the disconnect with your spirit? I think the disconnect comes when you pass judgment on yourself. When you pass judgment oh. on yourself, you oh, disconnect okay. from your source. And now here's the thing. What's amazing is I don't, I don't mention Louise Hay work to any of my sponsees until they've actually worked all 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, wow. Because, well, think about what he's saying. If you don't go through those steps and release that judgment on yourself, this work is obsolete, yeah. right? Would yeah, you agree with that? I agree. You know, and, and he's saying it like that the 12 steps are very powerful for what they do, but the core issues, like, listen, remember, alcohol is just but a symptom of what the real issue is. 
the real issue is the thinking is our thinking and what we think about ourselves which my next question dr henshaw actually goes into that because what we think about ourselves and our past right if we don't make peace with it mm -hmm. how screwed up is our projections going to be for the future like and it's said all the time like in all spiritual practices and all spiritual teachings like you create your reality well the, the thing is the concept of projection which comes from analysts or psychiatrists or, or in that in that area we're always projecting all the time now if i don't deal with i don't love myself i'm going to do exactly what you were talking about i'm going to try to bring into my life people who will match that if i don't care about myself the probability of me having a healthy relationship is pretty low Something for the low. most part so you know the idea is you got to clean that perception up because all it is is literally a thought it's not so about the what way happens. you treat other people is basically how you what you project where you how are. you treat yourself how you think and feel about yourself is how you're going to treat other people like you said if you if you haven't got self-love how can you give it away if you haven't you know if you if you haven't got something you can't give it away the program says so the deal is it all starts or it should start with how you feel and how do you think and feel about yourself and when you start to love yourself then you then you know the world changes you, you start to care about other people i think in her conversation it cleared it up for me that's when you start to get connected again wow that's why some people are involved with people who are abusive for instance you know, that's how well that's what you believe you that's that's again the self that's your belief about yourself that's what you believe so you, you deserve, deserve it yeah deserve it it's all about deservability Whatever your experience is, it's what you think you deserve. And it's based on, all of it is on what you think and feel about yourself. Wow. Everything. It's, it's not that complex. Yeah. It's actually really simple. But it challenges a lot of people's you know, thinking. We think that the world is about people, places, and things, and all this stuff in the material it's world. It's actually our minds that complicate everything. It's simple, yeah. but our yes. minds complicate it. It complicates it, but it's, it's also the malady, but it's also, in a sense, your savior. Once you learn how to use the power. You know, because you have the power to transform your life, regardless of what anybody says. So, you know. What if someone said today in one of the Zoom meetings, I'm not a victim of my circumstances. I'm a victim of the choices I make around these circumstances. And a victim of your thoughts about yourself. Yeah. That's the ultimate victimization. Wow. Right. And when you change that she believes there's no such thing as victimization she believes you're always responsible you're always choosing and you always have power you just try to give it up in your head wow. but you can't so let me ask this will be a good time to ask this question uh, when you know I was very young um, I lost my father very mm -hmm. very early on and I feel that it changed my relationship not just with myself but with others what would you say about people who have who've had great loss, abandonment. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like almost every relationship, I felt like the person would abandon me. Mm -hmm. And I'm no psychologist, but it may have something to do with my father passing. But also, the second question is, how does that play into addiction as well? Because I hear a lot of people in the rooms that say they've lost a major role model in their life, and it's changed them forever. Mm -hmm. So I guess my first question would be, um, how do you deal with someone passing an abandonment issues? You bring that into your relationships and you bring that into addiction. Does that make sense? Uh, totally. You gotta, I think, at least in her application of her work, you've gotta get it that it's not about an external event. 
It's about you creating this belief. And it's like everybody can't, you can't get away from this. Everybody's going to create that self-limiting belief early. So when your dad passed and you felt that loss, it, again, triggered the belief that was already there. Okay. So it wasn't the fact that your dad, I mean, how you deal with your dad passing is you grieve. You know, I mean, that's a normal process. But what it triggered off... The drinking. Well, the drinking was to, to, to actually um, get rid of the pain. I mean, that's what, that's what booze and, and drugs do. They, they attack, they don't make, it's not necessarily that they make you feel different, although they do, they're really going after your thinking. When you change your thinking by using, you feel different. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, interestingly enough, I lost two very good friends in the beginning of this year. What a year this has been. But this time I've been able to deal with it very differently. I grieved. I let the feelings come in and go. It wasn't easy for me. It was someone I've known for 30 years. And I see exactly what you're saying. I think maybe I never really processed it wholeheartedly. I mean, it's still, uh, you still, f you miss them. Like, you know, I, I think about my parents. They're both gone. I think about them all the time. And, you know, I miss them. I wish I could talk to them. And, you know, I was at, when my mom died, I was there. And um, wow. I, I felt yeah. like I, I'm a, I, I reframed it the way I think it was. I was honored to be there. She was passing, leaving. She was there when I, was, when I came into the world, so to speak. And now I'm there when she's leaving. That's oh, powerful. What, what an honor. You know? Wow. Um, but it, it still it's hurts. It's all in your it's, thinking. It's all in your thinking. It still hurts to lose somebody. That's the event. But that's not what triggered the drinking. It, that triggered the thought. It's the thought that creates. Like, if, who wants to walk around feeling or thinking, I'm not good enough? Well, that's a drag. So what do you do? We learn how to take care of that. Drink, do drugs. It works for a while until it doesn't work. Well, other addictions. Right, or any well, other Shopping, addiction. sex, Food's the gambling. same way. It's all of it to feel good. The goal of all of it is it to feel good? Absolutely. Because you don't feel good. People say, well, I like to get high. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but really, what you want is you Sorry. don't want to feel bad, right? Exactly. What you're trying to get away from is feeling bad. And people, I, you know, people say, well, I just like to be high. Totally. But you just don't want to feel bad. So we're escaping something we don't want. And the only way you're going to clean that up is to go into like I don't, what, how you feel bad. When you get into the I feel bad, you're going to get to the thinking that's creating that. It's, it's hard work for some folks. But you make it sound so simple, and it's so true. If we could just It is simple. She says in her work, it's simple, but it's not easy. Nobody's saying simple, this is easy. easy. This is, nobody's saying this is easy. This is work. Right? No, and oh. it, it's interesting That's what because we say in the in the rooms, work, work, work. When he when he pushed the work onto me, and this mm. is just my experience. You talk about abandonment issues, and this is unfortunately, like I was once asked because someone saw my dating patterns and they said, "Dude, what the hell is wrong with you?" Right? And I was just like, "Nothing. I just I I meet the wrong women." And they said, "Well, what was your relationship like with your mother when you were a kid?" And what's interesting enough is my mom was so career-driven, she was never around. I was always with my father. And they said, well, Jonathan, do you think there's a linkage between a fear of abandonment from your mother? Because thought process was The thought born. process was there. 
And why do you get so attached to women? Don't, do you think there's some form of direct linkage with you and a woman where it's gearing back to those feelings when you were a kid, when your mama would leave and you just want to keep somebody around? And, that was, and look at Rachel's face. Right, so true. and it's so true. So then I was, I, and I had to fact finding, fact facing. I, was, I had to sit there with that shit, and it didn't feel good, but I worked through it. And it was after dealing with that with Dr. Henshaw, and and he basically told me, he goes, "Man, you got to start loving yourself." And I didn't know how to do that, right? But we talked about it on previous podcasts. Like, if you want so good self esteem, you do esteemable things for yourself. I started getting back into running. I started taking care of myself. I started reading. I started being alone with myself and feeling at peace. And I actually stopped worrying about the whole dating aspect because I knew that I had to feel at peace with myself before I could even even have the thought of having another woman in my life. Yeah. And lo and behold, and here's the, it's always still work. It's not just, it, it doesn't go away, but when you start training yourself to understand that your thoughts are as powerful, like there's sometimes where, you know, that codependency will come back into my head and that fear of abandonment will still re-enter. And what I have to remind myself is, falling back on spiritual principles, no, wait a minute. I do what I'm supposed to do. Whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. But I have to feel at peace with myself and my higher and power. So, you know, it just say, happened to me a couple of days ago. It creeped up on me. I was like, I feel so alone. And I, I was able to catch it, you know? And I remember when it happened, I went on a run and I was like, God, I feel so lonely. Where was it coming from? It's kind of interesting to do a self-analysis. So I amped up and started taking care of myself, like eating better, I started calling all my friends, I got on more meetings, because I, I know the tools. I know the tools to take me there. Like, like you said, my self-esteem started rising again from doing all the right things. But as soon as you fall into that bottomless thinking that reverse thinking the great thing about this program is that we learn how to do this assessment through the 12th step and it's a great opportunity to remove all these layers of self-judgment expectations and illusions it really just comes down to your thinking but it's amazing that four days ago i felt like i'm all alone maybe i need someone i even told my sponsor i haven't met anybody and you know as soon as i started putting all the tools into work and lifting myself back up it was like no big deal i'm i'm happy as hell and that's what it's about it's about catching our wrong thinking and ultimately plugging back in into our source right well as you know we we would show movies at the, at, when, the, when we were running the program. And one that just came up when you were talking was conversations with God. And how you changed thinking was the, the character, which was Neil Donald Walsh. At the end of the movie, he was walking with himself, and then this voice came, which was the voice of God. And it, it, to this day, that, that scene moves me. You know, it's like I start to tear up, so I gotta like look cool, so I look away from the clients. You know, so I can't look like look like oh, look, look at these <laughs> crying and shit. But the the point is, it's so moving that you know, God is always connected to us. Always. We're the ones that pull the plug, and I think the pulling of the plug was just just what we don't believe that we're good enough to have that connection that we don't we're, that we don't deserve it. I really do believe that, and when we start to care about ourselves. That connection just gets, you get the links just like, oop, there it is, and we get it. Plug back in. It's always there. It's just that link, as Wayne Dyer said, it just gets a little rusty. 
and that rusty is your thinking. When you clean that up, that connection gets back. It, it's kind of uh, kind of cool. But I had that reaction in that movie for a reason, because that is my connection. It's just it's triggering mine, so to speak. I don't know if that's that makes any sense. No, it, yeah. it does make perfect. That's sense. actually one of my all-time favorite books. And it reminds me of the day when I got on my knees and asked for help. It's like I flipped the switch and my entire life turned back around. Anyway, this has been amazing, you guys. And we're past the 20-minute marker, which is a first for us. And you can always reach Dr. Henshaw on the phone number that we're going to put into the actual information for this podcast. And find him on Facebook, enhancedhealing.com. Um, Dr. Henshaw, thank you so much thank for taking you. the that time to meet with us. It's been an absolute honor, and I love what you did with the little dog toy because that made me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on a Sunday afternoon. Thank I you mean, for having me. You know, when, when you asked me to come, and this is like an example of somebody reaching out for counseling, when you called me, I said, oh, well, I don't know, you know, like whatever. You know, I was like making up a story in my head. And then I thought about it and I said, that's going to be fun. So I said, there you oh, go. Well, you change your perspective. Absolutely. I changed my thinking. So the message is change your thinking and change your life. Absolutely. Thank you again. It was fun. But I just want to close it with something that Louise Hay mentioned in her book, The Power Within. Imagine if every thought or unresolved feelings were like a drop of water. One drop of water may not mean very much, but as they accumulate and fester, they become a lake and sometimes even as big as an ocean. And so I leave you with this question. What kind of ocean would you like to swim in? One that is polluted and toxic or one that is crystal clear and blue? That was definitely an aha moment for me when I read that. And with that said, be sure to tune in next week for another interesting episode. And what will it be? Till the next time we connect, which is every Friday at 7 a.m. For any comments, go to flying-sober.com.